Welcome to episode eight of Keeping It a Hundo. I'm your host, Matty Hundo. Today's guest is my brother from another mother, Courtney Chu, aka Black Noise, or just Noise with a Z. He's an accomplished director of film and music videos. He's also an intramural champion at the University of Miami. And shout out to Habib and everybody else in the committee. None of this would be possible if it wasn't for you guys. Hopefully you're all listening. Well, I know Rodney ain't, because he's just an asshole like that. But the rest of you, enjoy the show. And if anybody thinks they make a good guest on Keeping It A Hundo, feel free to hit me up. You got my number, Facebook, Instagram. Send me a message. Give me some reasons why you'd be a good guest. I'm open to all suggestions. Up next, my conversation with Black Noise. Welcome to Keeping It A Hundo, episode eight. Today, I'm in Los Angeles, California with my brother, Courtney Chu. He goes by the name of Black Noise or Just Noise. We've been hanging tight since the 90s. Our crew was known as the committee. That was back when nobody could touch the U. We even won an intramural championship together. The football team was undefeated that year. It was actually the last time the University of Miami won a national championship. They were undefeated on the basketball court as well in intramurals until they ran into our buzzsaw. From the stoop to the wellness, the committee rolled deep. We're a very diverse group of characters. Straight out of central casting, really. There was Habib, the booty knocker Moroccan from NYC. You had Frankie Fofingers, the gold-toothed Mexican from East Oakland. Not to be outdone, there was Rodney, the Napoleon complex misunderstood dude from the other side of the East Bay in Richmond, California. Of course, you have myself, the Italian stallion from Boston. I was the one that never got in trouble. And if you believe that, there's a bridge I'm selling over in Brooklyn. But anyway, back to the story. The engineer behind this whole crew was Courtney, a.k.a. Noise, representing K-Town on the west side of Chicago. He was actually an engineer who taught himself how to make videos. He's now an accomplished director. He's made music videos for some of the biggest names in hip-hop, including Rick Ross, Gucci Mane, Snoop Dogg, Pusha T. The list goes on. So just like any other day, we sat down to discuss the nuances of hip-hop, film, and TV. Here's Black Noise. Do you realize the first time we ever hung out like outside of school was uh, you had a camera? And I never like really thought about it until I was about to do this podcast. For real? And I was like, you brought a video camera. This is before everyone had camera phones and stuff. I used to bring it to the UC. Yeah. You'd bring it to a lot of places. The first time we ever uh, hung out outside of campus, you brought a camera, and me, you, and Habib drove out to Fantasy Fest. That's right. That's the first time I ever hung out with you, really, really. That was. Outside of basketball or the dining hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, the right, stoop. Right. Where it was just kind of just us. And, well, we had Habib there, but it was like yeah. a smaller group as opposed to being eight yeah. or nine of us going to the same place. So you caught some uh, interesting footage, if I remember correctly. Man, was it? 
went out to Key West Fantasy Fest. If anybody knows anything about that, it's uh, it's a treat. It's like a Halloween uh, Mardi Gras slash naked slash uh, LGBT week uh, thing. Man, just kind of crazy. But uh, interesting footage on there, and uh, that's when I realized you were uh, you were dangerous with the camera. That was dangerous in a multitude of ways, though. That was like that stuff shouldn't come out. <laughs> nah, I don't think that'll ever be released. That, uh, that stuff shouldn't come out, especially for Habib. But you know, nah. we'll leave that for another conversation another day. Habib's law practice could be in trouble. <laughs> you think? Especially, <laughs> hey, hashtag me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. Just no, yeah, we go. We go to the next topic. Habib's a classy gentleman. Always has been. After fantasy, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how long have you been messing with cameras? When's the first time you remember picking up a video camera or something? Whew, well, the camera that you remember me having uh, was that was like my sophomore junior year uh, I ended up having like some rebates at Circuit City I can't and I, it was because my aunt my two aunts had like AOL CompuServe whatever it was back then and when you got the service you got like some hundreds of dollars worth of rebates for Circuit City right so you can and you could combine them did you combine it with anything with Jermaine? Did Jermaine have anything to do this with this? Way, this is way before Jermaine. <laughs> I know. Just, just wanted to get his <laughs> right, name in Right, right. Just throw him in there. Throw him a shout out. Shout out to Jermaine. So I went to the store and I just wanted to get a camera. And I wanted to get a nice one. I always wanted a camera, but I wanted to get a, a good one. I combined those two rebates. My aunts gave me the rebates that they got from using their service, the AOL service. And I went to put like another $100 on top of that, got a real nice camera, and just started just documenting things that I thought was important. Everything from Christmas to... It was really for school, though. It was really for college. It was really like... You came in my sophomore year. And my whole freshman year, I felt like should have been documented. Like, having, you know, me and Habib, Rodney, and, you know... And we just had a whole lot of fun. And I was like, man, like, it's no reason why we shouldn't be able to look back on this, like, when we get to be our age now. And just have a good time with it. So I, I really specifically wanted to have it just to capture moments like that because that was not... People didn't have cameras back then. Any footage of Frankie Four Fingers when he had Five Fingers? Oh, man. That's tough. You gotta go back <laughs> far. You gotta go back pretty far to catch Frankie with Five Fingers, man. Like, that was a long time ago. But the Frankie on there is a whole... I got so many tapes that I gotta get transferred over, man. But yeah, that was... To answer your question, though, that was like 98 when I bought... I bought my own first camera. I used other people's cameras before that, but that was the first camera I bought my own. When you made your first hip-hop video, were you prepared to make it, or were you kind of like, damn, I'm out of my league right now? And and who was it with? Do you remember? Yeah, it was one of my it was my one of my favorite artists still to this day. His name is uh, Marvo, um, out of Harvey in the uh, Chicago suburbs. South, 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 South suburbs. Yeah, South suburbs. And I had been recording him um, at that point for probably about a year or two maybe in uh, 2007 I want to say and I have, I have been recording him already since like 05, 06 and we just happened to be in the studio one day and he had a song called Just a Dream he spit it like one long verse and he spit it in the studio and it was so vivid the way he wrote it that like I was in the because I was an engineer first you know I was a sound engineer before I started uh, directing 
and it was the way he wrote it was just so vivid that I saw the video happening in my head while he was because he spit it all the way through the first time without stopping, and I kind of uh, punched in to talk to him in the booth, and I was like, man. If you ever shoot the video for this, it should look like this. And this is what should happen, right? I wasn't saying that because I wanted to shoot the video. I so was just saying So the director's that. mind was creeping in already. Already. Yeah. You know what I mean? And before that, I was, I'm was i already a visual person. I've been a visual artist like my whole life, like drawing and things like that. So, and I got a crazy imagination. So, I was just talking. Because at that point, we were friends. He wasn't just a client, so we were friends. So I, we was just in the studio, you know, doing what you do in the studio. And I described it to him. And he basically was kind of like, well, man, if I could find the money for it, would you shoot it? Caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that at all. You know what I mean? It was it was, it was kind of like a really weird, what you might consider watershed moment to some degree. Because that, was what, that wasn't necessarily supposed to happen. It was just a conversation I was just having with him in the booth. And it just so happened that a guy by the name of Cameo had been reaching out to me and my crew, the interns, right before that, who he had his own camera. And he just wanted to be down with what we were doing and be involved to have a video presence. Like, because this is like MySpace days. So this is the beginning of people wanting to have content. You know what I'm saying? And the beginning of YouTube and all of that. So he was like, I can be a great addition to the squad. And we knew that he was good because we saw, you know, some work that he had done. Um, but we didn't know, we didn't have a place for him. So we just maintained contact. This probably was like a month. We just maintained contact like you're a good dude and you're talented. But we were behind the boards. We were, by, you know what I mean? Like we weren't artists. So before Gravity Films, you had the visionaries. The visionaries. And that's, that's, what, that's what came from me and Cameo working together. But in that instance, I didn't know, to answer your question, like it caught me off guard. I wasn't prepared but I was. You, I wasn't you had in done anything in the past to get yourself ready for that moment, but you had never actually like planned it out in your mind of how it's gonna. Yeah, go. it was kind of. It was kind of like. It's kind of like I had a toolbox full of tools yeah. that were all jumbled up together, screws and, and nuts. You knew and how bolts. to use all of them. Yeah, but not together necessarily. Yeah. They yeah. were just. It was just. Oh, I had a bunch of tools, and it was kind of like. And I was. I'm an engineer by degree, by trade, so like understanding science and lights and all of that type of stuff is second nature to me. And we're talking about a digital world now at that point and this point, and it's not film anymore. So all, everything about it, you know, I was, it was intuitive to me, but I hadn't had a camera in years, especially not one that would film the way I would want it to film, not a store-bought camera like what I had when you, you know, when we met. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this kid that we met um, had that. And without getting too technical, he was able to turn something that was store-bought into a camera that made it look film-esque. So that's part that was part of his talent. So I reached out to him like, God put, God, we made that connection a month ago for a reason because I have an opportunity for both of us. I have an idea. You know how to shoot. You know, he knew him too. He knew of him too because Marvel was the rapper's rapper. Like everybody in the city knew him because he was that nice. And he was like, yeah, of course, let's do it. It wasn't for a lot of money, you know what I mean? It was probably less than 500 And it was kind of like, all right, let's go out and do it. And then that was the first video. And the ball, because everybody knew him, Mickey, you know what I mean? Like, 
everybody knew him. You know what I mean? Because he wrote for other people and, di and different things like that. Those artists saw that video and was like, I need something like that. Because at that point, there weren't a lot of people shooting music videos that, pe that artists had access to. Especially in a city like Chicago. Of course, you in L.A. or New York, that's different. But not in Chicago. So who's the first well-known artist you worked with? On nationally national known, level? yeah. Rick Ross. That was the first like nationally known artist. And some other people you worked with? Gucci? Yeah. Um, uh, Gucci, Shauna, um, a bunch of people. Lupe. Uh, I don't know why I'm... Charlotte Blank recently, like uh, Ashanti shot with her. Um, it's a, a bunch of people, you know. Snoop. Out of all your your video shoots, what's like the most memorable video you shot? Oh, memorable. Memorable for good or bad. It could have been a, a nightmare. Ooh, or it could yeah. have been yeah, amazing. One, well, one particular video where the video got shot up, the set of the video got shot up. That's I was shooting with um, LEP. Um, low end professionals out of the south side of Chicago and um, local OGs yes very much so um, and it's, it was a long day so I won't go into the details of everything that happened before it because everything that happened before it actually didn't even lead up to the okay. shooting it was, they, that was also interesting though yes it was just something, <laughs> that was like the it was something that happened that wasn't related to the other crazy stuff that happened before that but it was the craziest of the crazy right so we finishing up the night and we've been moving around the city, like shooting these crazy scenes with like all of the streetest of the street cats out, you know, in support of LEP. And we're shooting this final scene. We got bogus boys with us. The bogus, they are the LEP bogus boys, <laughs> but the bogus boys is actually a different group of cats. Yeah. I thought it was LEP and the bogus boys. No, nah, it's LEP bogus boys. Okay. Yeah. But that's, like that's I'm not even qualified to talk about the bogus boys. All right, you know, I mean, that's a whole different level. Of <laughs> Maybe street, I'll uh, cut that out right the there. podcast. Yeah, that's, no, you ain't got to cut it out, but like <laughs> that's a whole another level of street shit. I'm not qualified to talk about. But right. the name of the group is LEP Bogus Boys, and that was uh, at the time is Count Mooney and Rug. And so anyway, we're shooting the video. Last scene, we out in this open lot across the street from that studio. We got people from out west, out south, like all different gangs. You know what I mean? All there. Where are you from? I'm from out west. Where are you from? I'm from K-Town. Let's see. Oh. Where you from? <laughs> okay. West side, you all star. Damn. You feel me? Okay. You feel me? I am a west side all star. Though. Yeah? Absolutely. All right. So, we was out south, and we out there with, like, west side cats, south side cats, all type of different, like, gangs. And everybody is kind of getting along for the sake of the video. You know what I mean? But there was a point where some cats saw some other cats neither of which had anything to do with the video. They came because of other people, right? And and we were in their neighborhood, right? And it just so happened that one of those cats like had some type of transgression with a family member of another one. I can't I'm not going to go into the details of it, obviously. But please don't. Right. So <laughs> so those cats go back, you know what I mean, get their pistols or whatever. They come back and everybody's you know, they get into a little verbal altercation, not too crazy. And by the time they come back, we trying to wrap it up. But actually, I hadn't at that point, I hadn't even got word of what happened. It was so many people out there. It didn't even reach me yet. But they were telling us like, yo, like a couple of my 
my my guys who are you know super plugged in the street they're like bro you need to hurry this shit up like i don't really got time to explain to you like the nuances of why you need to hurry this up but you need to hurry up you know what i mean so we trying to get the shot we got lights out there we got bmws and like you know what i mean like crazy cars i have a feeling they don't want to be on camera either of course not (laughs) of course not at least not talking about this right so they come back and they come back like right through the middle it's like a long open locked no property just flat land and we got the cars on this side and they come from this way and i'm over here shooting this way i'm shooting cameras are shooting this way so i don't see any of this happening i just hear pop 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 like it is going crazy Everybody split like the Red Sea. It's about 11 o'clock at night. So the only light that's out there is the light from our lights. You know what I mean? That we brought for the set. So they're coming from darkness. And all I'm seeing is gunfire. Right? And I jump into a... I jump into... A, um, somebody had a BMW. Mooney's cousin had a BMW that we were using. And he jumped in his car. He spins out. Hits the street. I jump in a moving BMW because the top is down. I jump in a moving BMW and we hit a corner and we go probably like about five, six blocks away to kind of regroup and figure out what happened or whatever. It was a movie. Yeah. (laughs) It was a real movie. Like it was a real movie. We get there, we get there, we like gathering ourselves and and what's crazy is I've never been shot before, right? I jump in the back seat and I'm fly. I feel like my whole ass is wet. Right? My back is wet. And I'm like, am I bleeding? Like, you know, when you hear about it, it's kind of like you feel like uh, yeah. maybe the adrenaline. I didn't feel yeah. it because of whatever. Yeah. It's like, am I bleeding? What the fuck? And I'm looking, and um, I'm wet, and I don't know what it is. I jumped on a bottle of Hennessy like that was in the back seat, and I was scared that I got shot. It was a, it was a really... I'm scared you lost that whole bottle of Hennessy. Yeah, the whole bottle of Hennessy was, uh, out, of that, was out of that. That's tragic in itself. It was great. With Another crazy part of that story, though, is when we came back, I expected for my gear to be gone, <laughs> lights to be gone. I expected all of that. Like, I expected to the worst. I didn't even know what the camera was or anything. Because he had the, my partner Cameo had the camera, right? Wait, every, it was all safe, but somebody else took it. Yo, yo, when I came back, like, cats had rolled up my extension cords, put them in my truck, put the lights in the truck. They had completely, like, they were putting things in cases for me. Like these are all like the street. This is the street dudes you possibly imagine. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, let's get let's get that stuff straight. So I thought all the shit was gonna be gone when I got back. Mm. It was a, it was a crazy experience, man. But we and but to add on to that, we actually still ended up finishing shooting that video that same night. We just went to another location. Not many people could say they got shot at and stayed at work yeah. and finished the project undeterred. One of my favorite songs is called <laughs> Fall Back. It's called Fall Back Boys, uh, L.E.P. Boys. Might have to check that video out. Yeah. The video is okay, of course. It's just, you know, I was I was a youngin' back then. But yeah. when I watch it, I remember that whole story. The first time I realized you were famous. <laughs> Come on, man. You never, the first you time never realized that. We realized you were famous was when myself and Folio Sims, Mike. a.k.a. Smooth Michael Simmons, uh-huh. we were at Dream With You on South Beach. Uh-huh. Eye candy Saturdays. We're trying to get to to Noise's table, and uh, we're having trouble getting through security. You know who you with? Finally, we get through. We, we drop his name. We get through, and then uh, some girls are trying to like 
keep us from the table and we're like like what are you doing this is our table like what are you, get out the way and they're like no 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 who are you here with we're like courtney and they're like who's courtney we're like we, they're like we don't know her and I'm, me and me and mike are like no that's our boy and they're like who this is noises table we're like yeah that's our best friend. Like, get out the way, you little ratchet ass. That's too funny, man. This is noise. This is so funny. Black man. noise was running the club. Me and Mike had no business being at his table. It's ridiculous. Oh, oh, his favorite song. Yep. You forgot to mention Pusha T, one of my favorite artists who you worked with. Yeah, shot with Pusha T too. Yeah. yeah. I just had to get. I throw his name into every podcast if possible. That's your favorite artist. One of yeah. your favorite artists. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Actually, he's a great guy too. Let me say that. And Pusha, I remember Pusha you T saying is that. Super easy to work with. He's a great, great dude. Just uh, don't have any drugs in the shoot. That's what I heard. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I like that. No smoke and all yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, if there was an artist you would love to work with that you never have, like who who somebody you would just think would be great to work with? Oh man, can I'm I sure get, there's a million. I, but yeah, can I give you a top three? Yeah. And the reasons. Sure. Um, Jay. Yeah, I want to work with Jay, um, simply because that was it, like everything that he does at this point, um, I can tell that he thinks like I need this to be historic, and it's it's art. Yes. Yeah. And I needed I really needed to mean something, mm-hmm. which is kind of like that's why I do it. Yeah, you want to is to do stuff that meaningful. Mean, yeah, and and everything that he does, so it's not like he he would do a throwaway. Like, all right, let, mm-hmm. that's a BS song. Let yeah. me just do something for that. And then I'm going to focus on these singles to do blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like every single joint is made to mean something. Yeah. So it's like, if you get that call to do something for Jay or Beyonce, either one of them, it's kind of like, you know that you won't, you'll be able to, you know, really push the envelope and do something special. I like that. That's, that's cool. Um, and then you got people like, uh, well, I, I kind of put... Everybody puts B and J together. I was I was gonna say Beyonce separately, but okay, it was for the same reason. Yeah, you know what I mean because she doesn't really do anything just cause typically, um, and somebody like a Kendrick. Uh, whereas, like everything is visually stimulating, and of course there's also undertones of like meaning along the way all the time, um, but he himself is kind of willing, like him as an artist. Like Jay, at least in the last few years, it's kind of like he's he's a part of the art, but he's not. Well, I take that back. He's not a part of the actual art. He's like a narrator, and then the art happens around him, kind of thing. Whereas Kendrick is part of the art. Kendrick is hanging from the light post. Kendrick is, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, somebody like a Kendrick, you know what I mean, and like a Kanye. And Kanye and Kendrick for the same ring for the same reason. Yeah. Um, and they're the canvas that you're painting on. Exactly. As opposed to like with Jay, you I probably you sitting next to Jay and you like the art is over there mm-hmm. and you know what I mean you. So those type of those are those artists. What directors have influenced you the most? Could be video uh, directors, could be movie directors, but just a couple that uh, that you really have pulled from. Michael Bay. Uh, camera work, uh, his DPs that he used, um, like things like superhero shots, Miami Vice. Yeah, he like you know that feel um, where everything is kind of bigger than life. 
you know, which is kind of like what, you know, what you would get from a Hype Williams, mm -hmm. you know, those type of things. And so definitely Hype, definitely, without a doubt, without a doubt, you got to throw Hype in there. Um, but I just tend to look at things from a cinematic perspective um, in terms of storytelling. And it's, well, I'm not going to say nobody, but in terms of that, I wasn't really influenced by a lot of music video directors in terms of storytelling. Like, in terms of, like, Con like the, the content that's on the screen, the imagery, hype. Belly. But I mean, but I was influenced by hype way before belly even sure. happened. So but that's, that's just a, a great example because like that story is whatever. Right. But just visually, it's exactly. amazing. Exactly. It's a it's a it's a two hour a long, long music, music video. video. You know what I mean? But it's still dope though. That's why yeah. it's called classic. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I I love the the Tarantino's of the world, um, like taking those type of risks. Like visually, like pushing envelopes, or it's kind of like on the verge of being disgusting, and while still maintaining like the essence of a story, and walking and being able to walk that line, like that's a it's so many it's so many things that people who aren't in the film who who love film in terms of the final product but aren't into the, like how the sausage is made don't really realize. Which leads me to the next question. What's that? What do you see in a film that the average viewer doesn't see? I know there's a lot. Typically, the smaller things like uh, the conversations between people, uh, how people banter, um, whether it's meant to be scripted or, or not. There's, uh, when the cameras and the lights come on, um, there's always kind of like this space that only like that naturally good actors just know how to feel or not feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, when I was watching uh, an episode of 911, that show on, um, I believe it's on Fox, um, it was Angela Bassett and uh, Aisha Hines who actually went to school with us uh, when we were there at the U. Yeah, shout out to her, uh, Hurricane. Um, and they were just having a conversation in a bar and how they paced themselves and how one would cut the other one off at the right time and, and the little piece that the other one would give you and then know where to stop. You know what I mean? Like after you get cut off so that it, it overlapped but it didn't overlap too much so you understood. Like those type of things, it, it's kind of hard to explain because when it happens normally you don't even notice those things but it's really hard to recreate those things when you're talking about take one, take two, take three, take four, take five. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but, but the average viewer doesn't know how difficult it is to duplicate that in a conversation. You know what I mean? Especially if it gets uh, dramatic or heated. You know what I mean? Either way, whether it's sad or excited or whatever the case may be, it's a really difficult thing to make that natural. And on the, in that particular scene, you got a vet. I don't know how long Angela Bass has been doing right. it, but she's amazing, obviously. Right. And you got Aisha, who's a rookie comparatively speaking to Angela Bassett but the way they were going back and forth and this was a comment they weren't arguing at all they were just having a, um, a somewhat tense conversation and how it was happening I was noticing those this, either the lack of space or the space you know what I mean and how natural it just seems like I'm watching two people have a conversation in a bar for real not TV not a movie you know what I mean? But a lot of times when I watch even people who are worth nine million a movie, ten million a movie, whatever the case may be, sometimes depending on the topic, it's kind of like that's not real, that's scripted. And I can tell that you're it's, reciting lines. Yeah, I can tell you you're reciting not having a conversation. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, it just seems fake, or it seems like the tenth take. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, I can feel like not, you know, the average, you know, average viewer probably wouldn't notice it because they're not necessarily, especially in today's time, used to great dialogue yeah, and drama yeah, yeah. because that's not. We have a lot of it out there, but you got to sift through it's to get to that stuff on, on network TV. It's not, sure. you know what I mean. So when I'm watching it, I'm actually rewinding pieces. I'm showing a friend of mine, like the conversation itself wasn't even really that important to the overall storyline of the show. But I'm just watching what they're doing, and I'm like, see that? That's what makes her dope. That's what makes them. There's other technical aspects you've you've spoke to me about that I don't really notice in films like lighting and things like that. Yeah, it's when like it's it's definitely some people, and this has a lot to do with um, how people learn to do film, whether it be a gaffer or sound or whomever. What about a key grip? What do you mean? I don't know. Those are, <laughs> those are the words people see just, when they're watching the a movie. Movie. Yeah, gaffer, key grip. <laughs> I mean, Creek Grip is important, but that's not who I'm talking about in terms of right, Boom. right now. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, um, but I mean, that's the sound guy. So essentially, when you when you are looking at the screen and it's supposed to be a dramatic scene and you see even lighting and it looks like commercial lighting, like you're watching the Doritos commercial instead of two people having an argument in the house and it's kind of like, it takes away when it's when it's flat like that and it, it doesn't look natural and it, it doesn't feel like you're in the room, it takes you out of it. Emotionally, it takes you out of it. You know what I mean? And some people learn that style in school and they never let it go. And that's their go-to is to do even, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To do it co- like what a commercial might look like where everything is even, there's no shadows and it looks like the whole ceiling is made of light. You know what I'm saying? Like I see yeah. that. No, this because there's certain shows I watch and because of the way it's lit, but I didn't realize this, mm-hmm. because of the way the lighting is, it creates a certain mood or a vibe. Absolutely. Almost like film noir used to do. Absolutely. And it, and when I think of that show, it makes me think of this mood. Right. It's like a mood. No, that's exactly. It's not like a mood. It is a mood. That's, yeah. what, that's the whole point. And that's why, you know, gaffers are so important. You know what I mean? And I, I learned how to do all of these things because I had to. I didn't go to school for this. So I had to learn how to light my own scenes and learn how to, you know, just trial and error along the way. And when I would use people who went to school for it, sometimes, not all the time, not to just down people who got, who have degrees in film or whatever, but sometimes it's kind of like, hey, nothing about what we're doing right now is uh, but like commercial. So no, I don't need all of this light in here. That yeah. that makes it look fake, which takes away from the emotion of what it is I'm I'm trying to do. Sometimes it's supposed to be dark, and maybe you you're not supposed to see the person comes out of the shadow, and that's part of it because I notice things like that that I'm like, how did that even make it off the cutting room floor? For instance, when I watch Empire, now granted, Empire is supposed to be a present day dynasty or something like that or soap opera s kind of show right but one of the main and I'm not saying this makes the show bad I'm saying that what takes me out of the show is that it feels like a soap opera and I'm not I can't get into that I can't I can't get into the theatrics of it the drama of it what's supposed to be drama when it doesn't feel that way I gave up on Empire 
But it's a bunch of shows like that. But Power, which is similar, I'm still yes. staying with, though. I'm exactly. okay with it. It's because just, power, power is shot just, I'm not going to say exactly, but it's like the other dramas that we like. Mm-hmm. You know, they might use slightly different cameras, so the feel on the screen is different in terms of colors and things. Like other things that you probably wouldn't even notice that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the colors might be slightly different here and there. Like you might have something with like a bluish tint. It might be a cooler show which is supposed to, you know, feel a little bit more stale sometimes. Or it might be green or it might be red or orange tint, which might, you know, feel like hot or warm or... That's part of the mood, though. You know what I mean? But outside of that, how it's lit, like, speaks directly to how you're supposed to feel, if you're there or not. Talking about these shows, let's talk about some of our favorite shows. I have a few that I have in mind that have had... a really solid season one mm-hmm. and I can't wait to, to see season two. Right. You're somebody who I can speak to if I want to know what I should be watching, what what's right. out right now that I'm missing that I need to see. Right, or, right, right. Is this movie worth going to see? Uh, and why. Yep, exactly. And, and I'll be able to explain it. Not, and you'll explain not just like me. it's good just because it's good. And you can explain to me why you think I will specifically like it because right. you know my taste. Right. Which most of it overlaps with your taste. Right. And then there's certain things that you'll say, I really liked it, and I know you won't like it. Right. Because of A, right. B, and C. Right. Can, can you think of any that you're you're excited for the season two uh, to come out? I can think of uh, Big Little Lies. Absolutely. That's, that's a great show. Big Little Lies took me by surprise. I just happened to be bored one day. Yeah, at least twice a week, I, I look at shows, I make a mental note, maybe put it, put it in my phone or something like that. And then I go to Rotten Tomatoes and I see like, okay, what are the critics saying about it? What are mm-hmm. the people saying about it? Big Little Lies had rave reviews, right? I look at the cast. All female cast. All female cast. Much. And I'm looking at the trailer. Because at the time, Big Little Lies, the trailer for Big Little Lies was coming on during uh, Night Of, right? Which was a classic. Which is classic, right? So... That was the beginning of the like, hmm, there's something to this. Yeah, that's that's the same thing that happened with us. Right, it's, it's, it's got to be something to this. And the way they put the preview together made me interested, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, I think I only really knew one of the actresses from No, Rainford, no. Maybe two? Uh-uh, you knew a few. Really? Yeah. Reese Witherspoon. The lead? Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Of course. Yeah, and Laura Dern. When I watched it, kind of, not on accident, it was on purpose because I had been... HBO had trained me to want to see it all through Night Of because that show was so Aesthetically beautiful show. Great. Right? And the way the story was being told and the very first episode got me. The, the altercations and all of like the tension that was made in the first show carried throughout the whole thing. It made us care. It made us yeah. want to know what happened. Exactly. From the very beginning. Yep. Which is what great shows do. So something like that. Um, seven Seconds. Yeah, uh, new Netflix show. So season two won't be out for a little bit, but definitely looking forward to that. Let me just say that, like, Regina Hall, she, she I, I don't even, she's so good to me. All of the time. In she's been doing it for a thing. long time. She kind of grew up, we grew up with Oh yeah, 227, from 227. And, but, Brenda. But I, then, that was, you know, that was, comedic, to me, that was like comedic. I don't remember much of what she might have did that was dramatic when she was a kid. I don't remember. If she did. But I don't even remember watching that show being like, this girl's going to be a great actress or anything. 
Me neither. Yeah, and she's turned into. But the I was great also actress. a kid, so I. Really, we didn't know anything. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't predict great actors when nah. I was like when I was that age. You That's know what a I'm good saying? point. But, like, I look forward to anything that I, I feel like everything she reads, um, she chooses great roles in great shows, and I trust her. American I trust her. Crime, American Crime. Right. I trust Regina Hall like I know her personally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I just like that. You know what I mean? So I, I met her with Slick the Misfit. Get out of here. Yeah. Met her at uh, the ABFF. I would love to meet Regina. Yeah. She's somebody, tiny, tiny. I know, I know that like too. Like a five footer. Yeah, I know that too. But that's somebody that I would love to work with too in the film world. I would love to work with her because I know I'm going to get a great performance even with a bad script. Yeah. Netflix, we had... Uh, second season. Seven seconds and the second, the other one, Ozark. Your boy Jason Bateman. Just as good. Oh, man. Like, he's... Another one that goes back to our childhood. Exactly. And still doing it at a high level. And and same with Regina Hall. I mean, they're different types of... Yeah. yeah they both started out on sitcoms, right. as far as we know. And, like what we and the same... When what you just said was there's no... I didn't, There was no way to predict that he was going to be as good as he yeah, actually yeah, ended yeah. up being, just from those... The shows that I saw. He had a big lull, I feel like, though, where he kind of, like... Yeah. fell off the map as far as like so. being popular right and really like mainstream yeah. stuff and we we grew up during a time where pretty much it was only mainstream stuff he was Teen Wolf 2 exactly and that movie did horrible and I don't I've think I've never even watched Teen Wolf 2 neither have I at all and he hasn't been that he fell off after that he kind of right. got written off right he, I, I, Hollywood maybe Hollywood did write him off but or maybe he took a voluntary yeah. You know, whatever. Maybe you started getting know. in the creative side of things. Exactly. And he came up with a show like Ozark. Exactly. I, I wouldn't put that past him because he seems like a really smart guy. But yeah. he's one of my favorites. And he's another person that, not in the same way as a Regina Hall. But you know but him. I'm going to give, I, whatever he does, I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah, movie, TV. I'm going to give it a chance. Whether it's supposed to be funny, drama, whatever it's supposed to be, I'm going to give it a chance. Every time. I just want to see him just do the dry comedy. So we got a couple other shows that aren't going on to a season two. They've just been doing it for a long time, like uh, Ray Donovan, one of our favorites. That's yes. near and dear to my heart because of, of the Boston side of it. Of course, man. And I love how Liev Schreiber, one of you, you, you love that dude uh, oh, who plays Ray. He's kept it no Boston accent, and he's still passing as a Boston tough guy. Like very I mean, believable. And you, yeah, you being from there, you would be, you know. Obviously, it being is. a Boston tough guy myself, yes, you know, born and raised Boston, Boston tough guy, yeah, so. the the bruiser that you are, yeah, you know what I mean. But like I said, he um retired bruiser, retired bruiser. That's yeah. a great way to, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. He, I don't, I, I don't remember what his breakout film or show the, or the thing part that was. sticks as a breakout to me is uh, Hard Knocks, where he's just the voice. He's the voice of HBO Sports. He does all the boxing docs. I know. You feel like that's a breakout. That's his breakout for me. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, he's always way before voice Hard Knocks. Voice is iconic. Yeah, but way before way before Hard Knocks, he existed. Yeah. yeah. And every and to me, I liked everything. I always liked him, even if even if the show or whatever might not have been that good. Uh, you know what I mean? I always just liked to watch him do his thing, whatever it may be, like whether it's a tough guy or not. You know what I mean? I just like watching him act. He's just good. He's just dope to me. His his swag once he starts to read, whatever, is just you know what I mean. He's somebody I love to work with too, and just see what his range is. When you got a supporting actor like John Voight, he's an Academy Award winning actor, and he's one of your supporting actors. Mickey Donovan is one of the best movie characters of all time. 
of, and, of hour long dramas, he might he's supporting characters. Yeah, he might be number one. Yeah, related to the black, he's related to the blacks through the female side. <laughs> through the female side. Second, Yo, Mickey yeah. Donovan comment that's been he made has, on the Keeping It a Hundo podcast. He has his 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 swag. Oh, yeah. it's off the meter. The way like the, his presence. And he's one another one of the I mean he's one of the greats. So it's like the timing, the space I was talking about earlier, like where to leave it and just let it hang sometimes. You know what I mean? And just kinda like tell you the rest with his face or a movement. Or like in Ray Donovan, he does because of because of the type of character, he gets to utilize all these tools in that character where he's always supposed to be thinking. You know what I mean? And trying to figure his way out of some shit that he created. Like, that's kind of what his character does literally every time he's on the screen. Yeah. Right? And when he's doing that in his mind. You can see his wheels turning. In the wheels are turning. How am I going to tell? Exactly. Not, not, not let me remember my lines. Exactly. How am I going to explain this to Ray? <laughs> right. So when he looks away from the camera, then he, when he, you know, he breaks back to the camera, yep. he breaks to the character, yep. and he's kind of like, let me figure this out. And, Every time he does, number one, he does that in a different way every time. No matter what the issue is, you know what I mean? And that's just one of the marks of the greats. But those little, those smaller nuances are the are the things that set him apart from, or the greats apart from people who think they can act. Because you can't coach that. What about the shy? You're from the west side. It's about the south side, but you got plenty of experience in both. We out here. Yeah, so it's all about Chicago. They use that city as the backdrop to help tell the story, but they're missing some things that The Wire captured. Yeah, in, in The Wire, Baltimore was a character. Yes. It wasn't a backdrop. Baltimore was a character. It was a, okay. a lot of situations, a lot of things that happened in that. I'm talking about like killings or whatever the case may be. The way they happen could only happen in Baltimore because the way the city is structured and, you know, I mean, the way, you know, those type of things, just the infrastructure of the city. And you couldn't do that in Louisiana and it'd be exactly the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the difference between The Wire and The Shy, and The Shy's only had one season. so Not even a full season that we've seen. Exactly. So at this point, it's kind of hard to, you know, compare them like one-to-one in The Shy. The shot, the Chicago isn't a character to me. Great, but I feel like it's supposed to be. They're trying to make it that. Yeah, and I think that's kind of they're missing the that's mark. That's an on issue. That. That's an issue that a lot of Chicagoans have that I've spoken to. Yeah, is that this is not the story isn't bad by no stretch of the imagination. You know, it's actually a good story. No, I, I, um, I it's compelling. Yes, yeah, definitely a compelling story. The only problem is is that it could you could literally have that same exact story happen in Texas. You can pick up that whole thing, take the characters and everything, put it in Houston, tell the exact same story, and you don't have to change anything. To its credit, the last couple episodes, I mean, it's probably been every, every episode, but I'm trying to look at it from different angles now. Right, right, right. Visually, it's super Chicago. I feel like a lot of the shots, as soon as they get into a scene, I look at it, and I'm like, that's Chicago. Well, that's I'm not wondering where I am. Yeah, I guess. That's but there's a lot of neighborhoods in Chicago I've never been in. But at the, but at the same time, I, I definitely feel like if you show that minus the street signs, or you show that minus, yeah, the, minus the street signs, minus Sears Tower the or whatever. No, no. You know what I'm saying? Minus all of that. You know what I mean? 
had you not ever been there before. Uh, yeah, you know I mean, you yeah. would you would, if somebody said that's supposed to be that's supposed to be if you had never been there and you had never been to Oakland and somebody told you that was Oakland, you wouldn't have much of a fight. But what about Baltimore? You don't know that's Baltimore, like Amsterdam, like. What do you mean you don't know that's Baltimore? You wouldn't know. Like, if you've never been to Baltimore, how do you know that's what those, those even, row houses? Even if you go, even if, I'm talking about, well, to some degree, it has to be like, well, what have, what have you heard? Before that, what mm-hmm. I had heard of Baltimore was like the long rows of abandoning blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Didn't hear about that in New York. Didn't mm-hmm. hear about that in Oakland. Didn't hear about that in anywhere in Texas. Didn't yeah. hear about it in California. Didn't hear about it in Miami. Didn't hear about it in any of those places. Detroit. That's about where you yeah, hear about it. in Detroit. Yeah. So, to some degree, okay. And even if you somebody said, well, that could be Detroit yeah. as well. Okay, now let's listen to the character speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not Detroit. Exactly. And that's now, why they hit the mark. Exactly. Now, listen to some of the character. Listen to the character speak in the shot. None of them have a voice that would make None me of- think. An accent, a voice, a slang. As Mickey said last week, colloquialisms. None. They're missing that. To some degree, it's disappointing because I'm from there and it's made by people from Chicago. And you want it to succeed. Right, I wanted to win, but that's such an easy fix. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's not something that requires permits. That's not so like it's an easy fix to not s- money, nothing. It doesn't cost Probably anything. Less money, exactly. <laughs> doesn't cost anything to like the lead, the young, the young boy who's the lead, who's one of the leads. Yeah, he's from New York. Yeah. Now I lived in Jersey yeah. and spent a lot of time in New York, and I know what that sounds like. So when he speaks, he doesn't necessarily sound like New York. He doesn't have a New York accent. He doesn't sound like he's from New York. It's not a deep New York accent, but he sounds East Coast. Yeah. Right? Now, he's still a good actor though. He's like the kid Absolutely. the kid is a the kid is a good actor. Killed in the moonlight. If he said if he said one or two slang terms per episode, I would be satisfied. Yeah. They went they had a party with like they all like twelve, right? Or something like that. Twelve. They're not in high school yet, right? Uh yeah, they're middle school. They're middle school. So they're like 11 or 12, right? Yeah. They have a house party where somebody's parents are gone, right? And the music that's playing is some boom bap hip hop that sounds like it's from East Coast, from right. the East Coast. Right. If you come to Chicago and you just tell any random 11 or 12 year old to play you their favorite song outside of Drake, outside right, of I'm the saying, main... Right, I'm I think they're listening to that. Things aren't as local anymore. I think they're listening to the radio. No, but if you just listen to what's playing, like if you came to my neighborhood and just sat on the sat on the curb and just listened to what went by, you know what I mean? It would be the Bibbies and the Herbs and Famous Dexes and Chief Keefs and that's what you're going to hear. And and because it's way more localized than you might think. Like on GCI, you're gonna No, hear, I think at a certain age though. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about the middle, the, the, the middle school kids are Yo, all listening in 2000, to that. In 2018, almost everywhere you go, kids are more so listening to what they sound like. Chief Key blew up because kids listen to what they like more so what they sound like than what anybody else sound like. Otherwise, Chief Key would have never blown up. Yeah. You understand the point? Yeah. So if you go to a house party and the kids are ain't no DJ, they didn't hire a DJ. It's another kid that's DJing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What is he gonna play? He gonna play everything that's local plus some Dirk. I get some Dirk. I get some Dirk. Of course you gonna get some Dirk. I want some Dirk. You gonna get some Dirk. Right. You're not gonna get some boom bap. Even though I grew up on the hip hop, like boom, boom bap, East Coast, yeah, whatever. You're not gonna hear a 12 year old is not gonna play that. No, on his own. I know they're not gonna play. I'm the only. My only argument would be they would be listening to any 
popular hip hop song from anywhere in the world. Right. right so I'm saying that the only thing that I can see you plugging in right there, if it's not Dirk, if it's not Herb, if it's, it's not Drake. Bibi, is Drake or something that's popular. It's right. not going to be a no-name artist right. from another city. That sounds like a budgetary issue. How? They played they played <laughs> Oh no, on they there. could Oh, I'm saying they, they played could, Bibi on They there. could they could get a local artist easily. Exactly. But they didn't want to pay for no uh, Drake and you know right. none of that stuff. Right. So what I'm saying, but they have played Bibi on there before. Yeah. At the at the um the cookout in the, the street cookout. block party. Exactly. Yeah. I remember. Right. Play another one in so it's 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 actually a whole host of people that you could play. Yeah. You know what I mean? That local which you probably could clear. You know what I'm saying? But that it was important because when that scene was important. Like them having this house party or whatever, eleven or twelve years old, like that's that's not something that's normal. Well, like people's parents are not home and y'all you know what I mean? Like that's not something that's normal. That's that's supposed to stand, that's supposed to mean something. I'm gonna have to ask my girls little sisters who are in that scene. I have to ask him who made the musical choice. Cool. Who was the you know DJ? I mean? Who was but, pressing play? But that, that type of stuff matters, man. On the iPod, right? That, but that type of stuff matters in terms of authenticity. But when you're talking about gang culture, you don't just talk about Chicago gang culture. It's just some. It's just something that kind of happens. Like our street culture is gang culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you got cats on the corner doing their thing, right? Those cats need to be authentic. No different than how Snoop was authentic in The Wire. They of all people, corner boys, what you would call corner boys, yeah. right? They only talk in slang. Yeah. If you come from another city and you listen to them talk, what's certain about them, you might not even understand what they're saying, period. And you come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Moving along, it's time for the Keeping It a Hundo segment. Top five TV shows of all time. Jesus, now, I can, what I can do is, because we have a lot of overlapping stuff here. Okay, you mean between me and you? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw a bunch of them out there. These are my top shows, and I haven't are really... Are you sitcoms? No, no sitcoms. We're going to do that next. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Right now, we're in our scripted dramas. We already know the why is in there. Mm-hmm. The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Bullwalk Empire, Ray Donovan, Black Mirror, Mad Men. Now, after that, I have a few more to throw in, because they're, they're borderline, mm-hmm. and they may jog your memory, mm-hmm. and they may be on my list. But I already know my, my top three are The Sopranos, The Wire, and Breaking Bad in no particular order. Mm-hmm. The rest of the ones I didn't mention are The Affair, mm-hmm. Better Call Saul, Dexter, The Americans, and Bloodline. NYPD Blue might be on that list for me, bringing it way back. I you thought that show was amazing. Network too, right? Yep. Okay. Oh, man. That show was groundbreaking. I'm trying to... It was at the time I'm trying yeah. to see what where 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 do we differ enough like what didn't you name that I would name like the only thing I think that we would only differ in the order of them possibly no I, I don't even have an order I'm just throwing them out but do you, do you so did we hit the three with the Sopranos the Wire Breaking Bad are you removing them from your top five top five um top five I'm taking Sopranos out of okay. the top five uh, Breaking Bad is still in the top five. Okay. Uh, the Wire definitely in the top five. That's what I'm saying. Like we would move things around. Did I say Boardwalk Empire? You said Boardwalk Empire, okay. and of course that's of course that's in there. You got it in the top five? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. But okay. not that I wouldn't have thought of that. There's so many. I haven't thought. I haven't thought about Boardwalk Empire since it yeah. like, since it went off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So. Throw a couple of those out. Like maybe you didn't watch them or you didn't like them. Just say like. 
this show sucked, get it off the list. It's not on my list. Oh, no. I mean, um, you just named everything that I would have named. You like every single one of the shows I mentioned? Yeah. Okay. Top five Chi-Town rappers of all time. Top five Chi-Town rappers of all time. You're going to have to leave off some some people that yeah, you really respect and enjoy. Of course, man. We got to go with, we got to go with Ye. Ye. Ye, of course you got to go with Ye. Top um, of my list. Uh, Twister. Uh, Lupe. Common, of course. Yeah. So you got a solid pound. list. Right so there. by the pound. That's what I was just rapping in my head. So by the pound. Fifth would be, man, Shauna. Ooh, respect. Got to man. Like, DTP. Like Shauna, Shauna's so serious, man. Like she's always been like a, a super dope rapper that just the situations didn't kind of like pan out. That did, that was not a reflection of her talent, though. You know what I'm saying? And she go head up with anybody. Uh, best white rapper of all time, not named Eminem. <laughs> best white rapper of all time. Not named Eminem, Jesus man. Because that's like a that's a consensus. But like even like if I went to like a Logic, like Logic is a he's like half black, half white. Is he? Yeah. In real life, or are you just saying? No, that? in real life. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Then why doesn't Drake get called a white rapper? Logic is called a white. rapper. I think because he looks white. Yeah, he does look white. I and thought we, he was white. And, and actually, from the beginning of Drake's career, to some degree, we knew about his father. He talked about his father from the beginning, who is black. Well, yeah, Drake looks like he's black. At least nah, half. Number one, he sounds more black. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're going to go with the stereotype. He sounds more black than Logic yeah. in terms of like how he enunciates and things like that. Mm-hmm. But he looks like a mixed child yeah. to some people. But I think that if you just have a picture of Arbery um, before he started rapping, even his first album cover, right? I mean, mixtape cover, right? You've never seen him act. You've never heard him rap before. And you say, like, this is a new rapper, right? A lot of people will think that he's white. So, favorite white rapper other than Eminem is Drake. Okay, next question. <laughs> favorite candy as a kid? Favorite candy yeah. as a kid? Yeah. Candy bars don't count. Oh, uh, Jolly Ranchers. Okay. I got lemon heads. Hey, man, I get... I, lo- I love lemon heads. I love Jolly Ranchers. But I've gotten sick eating them. Maybe that, but maybe that makes it. Yeah. Maybe that was. Maybe that's what pushes you it. Love them so list. much. Harold's or Uncle Remus's. Oh man, depends on my mood. But if they were right next door to each one. other, yeah, and I had to choose, I got to go to Uncle Remus, bro. I will say this though. Let me say this um, for my Southside brethren: is that on average, Harold's is better. All of these, these, are, these are not McDonald's. So they don't have the same recipe at all of them, right? On average, Harold's is better, but the best Uncle Remus is better than the best Harold's. Yeah, that's important. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got a higher ceiling. Right. So that's what I was there. South side or west side? West side, man. Of course we got. <laughs> Look at that t-shirt. Of course. What about the east side? That is the south side. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to make one dish for your boo, what are you making? What's the Black Noise specialty? Oh, man. Um, probably a pasta, probably a pasta, probably something sweet and spicy at the same time, and either shrimp or chicken. Let's go death row meal. Death row meal yeah. is my grandmother's smothered chicken. What else? With the sides? What's the sides? I want some sides. Um, and my aunt's cream corn, and also my grandmother's, uh, 
sweet potatoes. And my grandmother's dressing as well. What are you having to drink? I guess that's the end, huh? So you just you have... clearly haven't been listening to my podcast. Spicy, spicy cocktail, margarita spicy. with uh, spice. Oh, drink! <laughs> yeah, what do you think I said? No, like, when you said drink, and I'm automatically in that mind frame. Like of what? No, I'm I'm automatically in the mind frame of what I would drink at my grandmother's house, and I'm yeah, not gonna have a spicy food. cocktail with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah, it doesn't. Go. It was connected to the food. That's why. It doesn't. But go. yeah, it absolutely be like a, lemonade, a spicy. What you mean the drink? I don't though? know. You having that meal? You gotta have the right drink with it. Well. For the holidays, my um, my aunts normally do, but it's basically like a ginger ale or a Seven Up mixed with like a fruit punch and pineapple juice, like some type of like. I feel like I had that when I was a kid and I haven't had it since. Yeah, it's all of that mixed together with a pineapple in it. Okay. With slices of pineapple in it. Okay. I don't even. I don't, it has to have a name. But I, I like that though. That's a good death row meal. Really brings you back. We yeah we do that all the holidays. So you have an upcoming film release called Train Therapy coming out soon. When exactly will that be released? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, it's um, starring Maddie Hundo, yeah. written by written by Maddie, Maddie Hundo, Hundo, directed by Noise. Yeah, I don't know. We got to we got to get the sound together for that. Once we get the sound together for that, and, we, we, to uh, the, we off to the races. Once we get the sound together, <laughs> uh, what are, what are we proactively going to do to get this sound together? I don't know, man. I might have to hire a professional. Can this be salvaged? I'm hoping so. Is this film ever going to see the light of day? It will. It will one day, even if the sound is bad. Most of my fans have been clamoring for it. Okay, now you're lying. <laughs> now you just now you just flat Listen, out lying. the rooster Neezy and Porno P. Stop making up people. No, these are real people. <laughs> these are real people back home. They've <laughs> the been rooster. asking for this film. Uh-huh. This is this is this is just three out of the Dozens across dozens. the country. I thought you were about to say thousands. No, just dozens. <laughs> who have been waiting patiently to see uh-huh. Train Therapy. Oh, man. I, this... Oh. My debut. For, I mean, 24 people is a lot. So I gotta, I gotta get something going. Please do. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to get my work out there. Right. It's tough without... Yeah, we might have to do something else. Might have to do something else in a more controlled environment. Okay. And get some and get some more get some more shots up. Alright. So I accomplished what I was going to trying to accomplish with this podcast. Gotcha. This was basically my chance to pitch to you that I'm trying to get some work in with you. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can make it happen. Alright, of course. Absolutely. Alright. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye. Maddie Hundo fans. We out. (laughs) That's it for episode eight of Keeping It a Hundo with Black Noise. If we left some of your favorite TV shows out, leave them in the comments section on the Apple Podcast app. I'd love to hear them. A few that we left out, we realized after recording, This Is Us, Homeland, that's mine, not his, and uh, Westworld. I'm not sure who next week's guest is yet. But there's some interesting stuff in the works and some very interesting people uh, I've discussed doing the podcast with. So looking forward to getting those done. But in the meantime, I'm going to put some suggestions up for people that I've discussed doing the podcast with. And we can have a little fun with it. I'm actually going to go on there right now on the Facebook and uh, give you a list of four Beverly High legends 
that uh, a possible guess on keeping it a hundo. So take a look on there and uh, leave your comments. Thanks a lot. See you next week.